The views and opinions expressed by the Love Party Podcast panel participants and guests do not necessarily reflect those of the Good Times of Good People Company, the host, or its sponsors. It's not getting it, getting it. Welcome everybody out there in podcast land. The Good Times of Good People Company proudly presents the Love Party Podcast, where it is always about good times, good people, and good talk. Now that you've received your invitation, the best way to let us know that you're in attendance is to download the party or become official by joining us on Facebook, subscribing on YouTube, iTunes Podcasts, or Google Play Podcasts. Good. Thanks for joining us. Grab a cocktail, light a cigar, or whatever you like to smoke, share us with your friends, and make yourself at home. I'm your host and moderator, Rio, and let's introduce today's panel. Hey out there, Podcast Land. I'm your host, Rio, and welcome to the Law Party Podcast, episode 72. Uh, and the water keeps rising. From the tide of uh, discontent among the citizens to the rising waters in the Texas Gulf, it keeps getting deep in here. Uh, but before uh, we get into uh, anything, let me introduce today's panel. Uh, first, my returning champion, Chris O'Connor. He's the owner of Liquid 9 Entertainment and Investments, as well as having interest in uh, Regal Whiskey and Office Works. I've got Big Dave Elliott, the owner of CP Construction. Got Adrian Lewis, was in management in the uh, manufacturing sector. Uh, and now, uh, give me the name of your your vlog that you've been doing. Yeah, I'm starting a I'm starting an August 501c3 organization called Path to Vision. It's actually a um, an organization that actually ties in young adults to travel, business, and uh, soft skills uh, opportunities. Very nice. Yeah, I was he uh, he 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 blessed me with a link to. Uh, to the vlog that he's been doing, and uh, and it's actually really, really nice content. So for any of you guys out there, uh, we'll be letting you know when Adrian's ready for the public to to see what he's got to offer. But I'm telling you, you're gonna like it. And of course, the anonymous female, because. She doesn't want you to know her name. Come on, give it up, anonymous female, one of these days. Half the time when you guys have been drinking, you say it. If <laughs> <laughs> people are paying attention, they've heard it. Good boy. Uh, but before we get into important things, let's get into important things. So, what are we drinking? And uh, our bartender, Ben, was not able to stick around today. He had some other things he needed to do. But he did uh, give me the recipe and everything. So let me get that out so I can tell you exactly what we're having. And today we're having the Dapper Sipper. Um, and that is uh, da -da -da -da, one ounce Rieger uh, whiskey. Uh, one ounce of uh, Genepi de Alps. Um, next time he is here, I'm gonna have to ask him what in the hell that is. Uh, and uh, one ounce of uh, one ounce of sweet vermouth. Um, you stir it over ice uh, in a mixing glass. You strain into a double old-fashioned glass uh, with a large ice cube. You float that over two ounces of prosecco uh, on top, and you garnish with an orange peel. Refreshing and delicious. And Dave, 
I want to give a shout out while we're on our drinking subject to mm. uh, Mark Church ah, and Mr. Yes. Kenny Kurz, who have opened up the Monarch in Kansas City, which is, uh, we went there Friday night for a uh, charity event for Children's Mercy Hospital here in Kansas City. And now there's one classy joint. Well, Kenny's running that parlor black in there. It's oh, called, yeah. it's all done in black. Uh, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Mirrors on the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, main, oh, yeah. Main, oh, yeah. Bar, main bar is all white. And the uh, is all and black. The, and the parlor is all black. It's, uh, it's a gorgeous venue. It is really cool. We had fun. We had fun. Um, the only criticism I got is they got a little tiny cocktail table, so when you're having your small plates, ah, it's kind of hard to get the drinks in the small plates and eat without Inside, making Inside, yeah, around the bar. A total yeah. mess. Now, oh if you eat at the bar, you're all right. If you're eating in the parlor, you're all right, but on the little tables, it was yeah. difficult. And so my godfather's father is the investor there. Oh. Money, and he is a world-class architect. Manico, Mr. Manico. Uh, yeah, David Manico. And so uh, I would imagine that it is to the hilt. Oh, yeah. oh, it is. The outdoor space is They wonderful. really, it's kind of funny the things that you don't think about, but maybe we all would, because like the lot, everything in the main room is white, uh -huh. and the inside of the lampshades are gold, like oh, they're wow. gold velvet looking, and that matches their gold um, silverware. Gold flatware. I mean, he, he did uh, the gold on the, in Houston, he did Wembley Stadium, I mean, oh, wow. he is, okay. he's an amazing architect. Yeah, yeah so it's... Uh, so he's the owner. Yeah, he yeah. put up the money and they're obviously putting up they're, the skills. <laughs> yeah, they're the, they're the management. <laughs> right. I would say it's the uh, classiest place in Kansas City as far as avant-garde. Place. I think it is now. I think we, we lost a Similar lot of... Similar probably. What's that? Riga Manifesto. It's probably close to that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the Riga. hang out with the beautiful people every once in a while. I'm not even a bug <laughs> it's kind of funny, though, too, because, you know, it, they, they said that it was an upscale um, yeah. cocktail lounge, you know? It's more of a cocktail lounge still, than it is the food. Oh, well, yeah, it's, it's definitely just small. Definitely unless you would like to have the caviar and beluga uh, vodka. Honestly, I think it's really smart on their part. Yeah, no, they did. No, uh, so, well, we can get into that later, yeah. but we didn't let um, t Mario finish on the what the we're spring smoking. spring roll with the white spring. The, the pretty good hash. thing you couldn't pronounce. Oh, yes. It's a, an herbal liqueur. Ah, it's okay. either French or Italian. Yeah, the Genovese the Alps. The <laughs> yes. If it comes from Colorado, you know what kind of herb it is. <laughs> okay, so that is what we're drinking, and what we are smoking uh, today is the Henry Clay Stock Cut Toro, um, and with the the cool thing about the this particular cigar is it's actually kind of a rustic. Uh, looking cigar, um, the way the wrapper is wrapped, um, it it doesn't look as I guess as clean as uh, as most cigars would look. But that was kind of purposeful to how they wanted the 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 look and finish of the cigar to be. But all of the tobacco leaves are aged at least uh, at least five to six years so your your wrapper um <clears throat> your your wrapper is a kind of a vintage seven year uh the 
fillers uh, are part Dominican, part Nicaraguan, and those are uh, six and seven years age. And, uh, and of course, that is uh, box-pressed and very rich, very full, very nice cigar. Uh, one of the top 25 of you. And I, you know what, I didn't get a price on this one this time. Um, I don't think we generally care up here, up here at the Cigar Club. But if you're out there and you're looking and you want to try it, it is the Henry Clay Stock Cut Toro. And it, it is good. So that is what we're drinking and that is what we're smoking. And so now we're going to move on to this week's RIPs. And um, we didn't have any celebrities passed, at least not that I saw um, since uh, Jerry Lewis uh, and uh, but I did Dick want, Gregory. Uh, yeah, yeah, Jerry Lewis yeah, and Dick Gregory passed. Yeah, but we, we definitely talked about them on the last show. Um, but I did want to send a prayer out to um, everybody in Houston and in the Texas Gulf area. Um, <laughs> going through everything with uh, Hurricane, now Tropical Storm, Harvey, uh, <clears throat> because 30 inches of rain already, before it's all over, they're saying 50 inches of rain. That's a... Uh, no recovery. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, it, that's, that's difficult at best to recover I, You know, from. I, I lived down in that area for a long time, mm -hmm. down the Beaumont. Houston area, mm -hmm. uh, it's all so low down there. There's just not a lot of elevation to it at all. It's always going to be prone to flooding because, you know, the Hobbit comes right up into Houston, and mm -hmm. that's where the refineries are there, too. Well, in fact, sense. if you remember, yeah. there was a huge explosion at a uh, refinery in Galveston back in the 50s. Mm. Um, no, we don't remember that. <laughs> All right, anonymous female, don't call me, why just call me old and get it over? But, That's about uh, a couple decades before my time. But they, uh, right now, from what I've been hearing, I've been kind of checking on things, they, they got a lot of the FEMA trailers uh, you know, in the area. Yeah. They got in the area uh, a couple of days even before this thing hit and started staging. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they thought of. They, they have it going on this time. Now, it ain't going to be easy, and there'll be people to get upset. Everybody's mad at the Houston mayor because, like, maybe uh, down in New Orleans, he didn't tell them to get out. Well, they mentioned that this morning on the news, and they said. Um, he didn't think wait, enough people could get out. We're getting into stuff we need to talk about later, aren't we? But anyway, uh, yes, but, but, but anyway, it's just keep them in our prayers because it is anytime you face a natural disaster like that, it's just overwhelming. You lose everything. That's absolutely. And you got you got to your chin into the wind and go get it. Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to cycle back around. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's already headed back out to sea, and then it's supposed then it's to come, come back. back in. And get in the water, and get in Louisiana. Yeah. Which they are preparing now for Louisiana. Yeah, it's going to be a mess. It's a mess. Yeah. I, like I said, I lived down that territory for a long time. I know all that stuff. Yeah. So, we are sending our prayers out to everybody in that area, from from the Law Party crew to you. Um, Stay safe, stay dry. And with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you can search for the Loft Party Podcast on iTunes Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, and on our Good Times with Good People YouTube channel. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook 
tweet us on Twitter, and if you'd like the content we provide, donate to us on Patreon, www.patreon.com forward slash Lost Party Podcast. You can find all of our links below. And now back to our regularly scheduled program. Uh, and we are back. Uh, but before we get too deep, let's play a quick party game. So, give everybody a second to think about this. So, recite at least one line from your favorite movie, uh, excuse me, favorite war movie or TV show. And if you can, who said it and what was that character's name? I'm going to bow out of this because I don't really like war movies, so I couldn't tell you any lines from them. Or I could probably tell you some lines from them, but none that I particularly like. But I know you know at least one because we talked about it. What? We, you, you had me looking up the character's name. Think I don't remember. It. Okay. I don't It'll remember. Come. Was that when I was half asleep? Uh, no, no, you were awake for that one. <laughs> uh, you were awake for that one. Uh, so, I will start with... Let's see. Everybody's got their thinking faces on. I'll start with Big Dave. It's got to be only one thing for me. It's got to be Rooster Cogburn. Now, I'm not sure if it's a Rooster Cogburn or True Grip. Okay. When he says... Not bad for a one-eyed fat man. <laughs> that was true grit. That's the end. It was a one-eyed fat man. That was true grit. I've always related to that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was about to say. That's funny. Well, I, say, I, I was just about to say, um, I put it down as a war movie. I'll actually take a quote. I'll actually take a quote from a movie, period. If you, if you can give me the name of the character and who played that character. Now that was kind of a war, you know. That was a bad group that went in and raped and pillaged everything. Yeah. And Catherine Hepburn, you know, Miss Goodnight hooked up with him, and much to his chagrin, and <laughs> he, he had to go out and get the bad guys with her on her uh, in tow. In tow, yeah. So that's war. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Chris? So in terms of lines from war movies, so I, I have two things that I'll make real quick. I have always had a favorite, my favorite movie quote of all time. But for war movies, I don't know any great quotes. Uh, I just know the part I like the least, ah. which I thought Saving Private Ryan was an amazing movie, with the exception that they started and ended with old Matt Damon going to the cemetery. Mm. And I hated that. I thought it ruined the movie. Mm. I wish they had just started, and it would have been so much more impactful just to start the movie with <laughs> that door coming down. And then the end them, and then end it. Yeah. Yeah, you, nobody needs old Matt Damon. I have never seen that whole movie. I thought that truly ruined the movie. I thought it was just too hand-handed. Yeah, you're right. If they'd have just started with the door falling down, that would have been stunning. It would have been the best opening scene of any movie. Of any movie ever. Uh, But my favorite movie quote has always been uh, from Jimmy Stewart in the movie Harvey, which is a ridiculous movie. It's just dumb about an invisible rabbit. But he does say the best line I've ever heard in it. When he Mm. says, in this world, you can be oh so smart or oh so pleasant. For years, I was smart. I recommend pleasant. Which I always thought was a great line. It is a great it's a pretty line. Pretty good line. It's a great line. Uh, Adrian, um, I have to say, I'm, I, technically, it's more of a. It's just a battle movie. Yeah, I'm gonna say it doesn't have to be a war movie. Gladiator. Ah, yes. Are you not entertained? 
Are you not? Are you not entertained? I killed him. Now what? Russell Crowe yeah. gladiator. Yeah. Yeah. That's when he picked up the phone and threw it at the. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> I don't remember what movie that was. Okay. Or whatever oh, one we were talking okay. about. Okay. So any movie. No, I don't know. You don't know any movie lines? No. We watch movies all the time. You don't know any movie lines? No. Okay. All right. The one I quoted Not, not even a girly movie? The one, oh, God, no. Come on, man. You got to give us something from a girly movie. Girly? I don't... Nobody Sleep with Seattle. Seattle. You, so. <laughs> well, dude, dude, how, how about, that was my favorite movie line ever. How about, how about the orgasm scene with Meg Ryan and, oh. and Billy Crystal? You that can would that. not be one of my favorite movies. Okay. Uh, no. Okay, so... so but you I, tell I, me I, you can't do that? So I'll throw you a softball. Okay. <laughs> Throw yourself off. Well, you, I was going to say, I can tell you the one that I, I said on the thing, because it was, I'm assuming where yeah, you got this. Yeah, yeah. What movie were, was I asking you about? Tell me you that. already know. You know which one, because you were about to say it. No, I don't think I was, because I, on mine, I, t I quoted, uh, there's no crying in baseball. That's not a It's not a war, war movie. movie. That's what I said. It doesn't have to be a war movie. It took place during the war. Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's true. Yes, it did. Yes, that is true. Is it true? Is it true? What movie did I ask you about? A Few Good Men. Mm. Oh. Uh, 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 <laughs> yes. yes. I've been you wanting to see truth. that. You can't handle the truth. Good movie. Yeah. <laughs> now, yeah. we quoted the, uh, you need me there, you want me there. Oh, oh y'all, you need me on that wall. <laughs> yeah. You want me on that wall. <laughs> what you got, Rio? Uh, you know, the funny thing is, uh, when I was thinking about this, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have any like great like war quotes, but it was always like, like I remember like Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Who said um, there's there's uh, nothing nothing like the smell of napalm uh, napalm in the morning or whatever. That was yeah, the apocalypse now. Yeah, but who said I love, it? I love the smell of napalm in, in the morning. Who said it though? I, I, I was going to it's say been that. a long time since I've seen well, that movie. Be Martin Sheen or, or uh, Marlon Brando. And you uh, uh, think that was Martin Sheen. Like a metal or, jacket, you know. And he says, full metal jacket. I think that was Marlon Brando said that. I think Marlon Brando said that. Yeah. It was a giant pain in the ass. Yeah. That's what I said. He was. No, I said, I don't have I don't Was have it a full metal jacket that he always called him numb nuts in it? I think it was. I think that was full metal jacket. That, that guy that always plays a general of some sort. Yeah, he is so good. I, I wish I could remember some quotes from the Pat, from Pat. I was trying to think of a Patton quote too. I knew because that he had some great. I could great probably quote some from Platoon too, and I, I hate all of those movies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I've never seen Saving Private Ryan all the way through. I, oh oh my God. Probably, I just, probably my favorite. Yeah, I just can't. I can't do. So good, except for the start of the War and death on that level, like. Mm -mm. Probably my favorite quote well, from a war movie is trait. probably uh, <laughs> You are the but to be, uh, nurturer but and you yes, cannot do that. But um, Mario, how many girly movies compared to other movies do we watch? Uh, we generally like, don't watch I get really girly annoyed <laughs> at girly movies. Like, I just want to reach into the TV and slap the crap out of whoever, you whatever girl. You just sit around watching rom-coms all day. All day. Much. <laughs> no. Actually, I think... Uh, Does he like me? I wonder. I think oh, probably yeah. my favorite, favorite, I guess, war movie quote, which... Technic technically wasn't really a war movie, but it happened during a war. Uh, is uh, frankly, my dear, 
I don't give a damn. <laughs> I could probably do. I could probably what pull the ones from uh, like Pearl Harbor. You know, oh. it's a it's a, it's a touching scene, but you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it's two men talking, not a guy and a girl. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so with that, we'll be right back. Hey out there in podcast land, we would not be doing our duty if we didn't acknowledge the sponsors of the Law Party Podcast, the Majestic Restaurant and Jazz Club, and the Majestic's Pendergast Club. The Majestic carries on Kansas City's tradition of great food and jazz. Let them show you why they are the classic Kansas City Steakhouse experience. 931 Broadway, just three blocks from the Kansas City Convention Center. Jay Rieger and Company, a Kansas City distillery. Whether whiskey, gin, or vodka, neat or on the rocks, Jay Rieger, Kansas City, sipping good since 1887. CP Construction, Kansas City's premier wood framers, 50 years of quality framing and craftsmanship. Just email david.cnpservice at gmail.com and start building something new today. And our friend and frequent guest, Lane Boland. Thank you all for all that you do. Time to rejoin the conversation. Okay, and we are back. And okay, here we go. Party politics. Uh, so, um, we kind of been talking on and off during the break, but uh, I definitely want to start with, uh, with Hurricane Harvey and uh, everything that, uh, that the Texans are kind of going through right now. Um, we were talking earlier, we, I remember we saw on the news, and uh, Dave mentioned the uh, the Cajun Navy, uh, you know, coming out and saving people with their uh, with their little uh, little boats and everything that they just personally have, which you know I call P-Rolls, which I've found to be uh, really heartwarming, you know, mm -hmm. the seeing you know. It's always nice when you see communities caring about each other. And, and you know, pe people that live a few blocks from each other that don't even Yeah, don't even know, know each other. You know, and, um, we were talking about people being upset that the mayor didn't evacuate or they didn't call for an evacuation of Houston. But they said, was it 2,000? Two million, two million. No, was it 2,000? 15, like a few years ago when they had, a couple years, it might have been last year. When that was they, Allison. When they yeah. um, had the hurricane and they evacuated and 24 people were killed um, in interstate yeah, in backup. The, in, the, in the traffic jam. And, and yeah. so he was unapologetic about not, you know, and he said, and to be quite honest, people would have said, would have laughed at me if I would have told them to evacuate. They just don't, they just don't do it. It's a tough they call. That's, that's a it really is. Tough call. But yeah. <laughs> federal government, the state government, the governor gave plenty of people fair warning. Well, national I weather, mean, the National Weather Service. They did. They did. And the thing is, warning. they had days' notice. If of this they, well, and in Houston, if you know that your city is prone to flooding and there's flooding all around you, why would you stay? 
Well, yeah, I, it, it's ridiculous to think you need the mayor to come out and tell you to leave. I mean, you knew it was coming for a week. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. At any point in there, you could have just made your own intelligent decision and gotten out of there. Yeah. But that doesn't diminish what they're going through. And, no, and it doesn't by before. any means. You know, there's, a, there's a flip side to this, which is uh, oftentimes what does happen is people leave and bail and then their houses get robbed and looted and all their shit's taken and all yeah. that other stuff. I, yeah. you know, I think that's well, what I think sure that was the, the concern that, uh, this time. In Texas? Yeah. yeah and, and they and he and the the <laughs> police department yeah. in Houston admit you know they said we are not we're doing everything we can to make sure that doesn't happen. But quite frankly I mean people's houses are halfway filled with literally halfway filled with water. Yeah. What are you gonna take? Like, well, it's going to no. be worth anything. The thing about it is if you leave ahead of time. Yeah. And before it starts, you know, raining yeah. and all that kind of and stuff, people they, they, just go um, and wipe you out. The, I mean, that's not happening all the time in yeah. Florida. All the time. The, they interviewed a, a family who, for whatever reason, there's, well, not for whatever reason, her, their house is high enough uh, that it didn't get any flooding whatsoever. Um, but it never has. But this time, it made it to their front step. Wow. It didn't go in their house. But they had all of their neighbors. They had like they have like 20 people, ranging from ages of seven to 96, in their house right now. Oh my God. So it was just really like. <laughs> well, I'm similar today. I mean, I lived and worked in that area for a long time, and it is not the place you want to be uh, for an event like this. It is just low level. You are right there there's no there's no place for that rain to go well and, and, and it's going to sit there and yeah it's, and it's you've really got sad. sewer you've got the the factories there you've got refineries um, Yep. The, the swamps that are now, you know, all of the animals that live in the swamps are now in neighborhoods. And gators like to get up where it's dry. Yeah, yeah. Well, they were well, talking now about the thing, like the, the, the gators, are, gators are trying to find high land. And, so and snakes and, I yeah. mean, just, you know, they're they're just trying to live. Yeah. I don't want to be in the storm I only lived down that area for about three years before I went on down to Louisiana. And about not even that, I was only there about a year and a half. And uh, been through just heavy thunderstorm rains, not tropical storms <coughs> that flooded everything. Yeah. Because down there, the, the steering mechanisms to move storms out mm -hmm. aren't that strong. So a lot of times these storms pop up, they can just be a heavy thunderstorm and they don't move. Well, right. and it wasn't, uh, it was earlier this, was it earlier this summer or was it last year when they all, everybody was so concerned about the hurricane that was supposed to hit and it literally like before it hit land it moved off and turned so you, well that was again, last year so because Adrian's that's point, when they hit Jacksonville never, and took out all of our dunes down at the beach and everything yeah, you just never was. know it what, never quite got us it stayed just out yeah. enough to where it did damage but you know like my house didn't I, I have feel any like damage at all you err in the side of caution and you leave but uh, to, to a certain extent, like we were talking about the family that had literally had a, an infant, like you, you can't even save yourself, sure. you know, how are you going to save yourself and like that's, that's a hard decision to make. If, if there's a choice, you're, you know, like. With the kid, it's a, it's a little different, especially, you know, the newborn kid and all that kind of stuff, but it's, it's weird, like living in a city like Houston, I would have not left. I would have stayed. 
if I was in Corpus Christi, I would have gotten the hell out of there real fast. Yeah. You know, yeah. Well, it was on the water, what was the city that it But if you think you're farther <coughs> inland than Houston to think, Houston's you know, flooding every time. It floods every year. It they said that Houston. Houston floods yeah. every year. But you, you don't really think you're going to be in the end of a hurricane in Houston. No, and, and, and they said that. it was within two hours, the lady that they were talking to, she was like, literally, we did not have time to move because she said it was raining and then all of a sudden, and she said it wasn't pouring, like it wasn't hurricane rain. It was like all of a sudden there there was two feet of water. It's a little disingenuous and, in the sense that you knew for a week it was coming. Yes, but so, yeah, she's saying the rain that they rain. got wasn't like, oh my gosh, it's going to be flooding any second. And then next thing you know, and, and they had like... Well, welcome to a hurricane. All yeah. I got to say... Do you, what do you think happens in a hurricane? I sat sure. in the bar of my apartment complex in the islands over in, over in uh, Algiers and watched a Cadillac float down my street one day. <laughs> yeah, it was right. just bizarre stuff. And, and like you boats know, in the middle of the road where the water this, had, this, this stuff, And it was it was not a tropical storm. It was just a big wicked thunderstorm that sat over Nautilus for a while. And well, and they, they, they say, are. Oh, the Cadillac's floating down the street. Not only do they have the hurricane, but they also have tornadoes. So that, oh, yeah. and I mean, they've already had a few of them. So I just, I feel for it. It's I, just I, a horrible situation. I understand the, the decision. I want to say that the only ones who drive in us are the ones who try to drive through it. Like, how many times do you have to be told not to drive through what's basically a river at that point? Well, and you can't yeah. tell how deep. You really, truly can't but tell you know, how deep the water do is. You know, I mean, you know what they call a hill down there, there don't you? An overpass. <laughs> That's a hill down there. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just crazy. Like, there was no place for the... They were talking about um, Houston is the perfect example of urban sprawl. They were showing pictures of just a couple years ago that it was forest, and now it's developed. And they're, they're like, you know, there's no place for the water they, to go they, they just, anymore. Just piles. Yeah. And there were... I mean, huge chunks of the road that was just caved in because there was a creek or something underneath it. And it just, mm -hmm. I mean, water is a very destructive force, you know? Oh my God, probably the strongest force in all of nature. It is. Still it is. It is. That's the Grand King, how water went for that. Oh yeah. It went pretty well. So, you know, it just happens. Yeah. You mm -hmm. water enough time. So I was looking. And uh, I didn't want to get too deep back into uh, last week's topic, um, talking about the uh, Charlottesville uh, protest. But I did notice that there were a couple of um, similar uh, rallies set for the uh, for the Bay Area um, that were both uh, canceled because they just, you know, it was funny. I actually, I, I saw on, and I can't remember what show it was, but I saw a joke and they were saying, you know, yeah, they they did this kind of, you know, uh, rally in in the South, you know, try to try to do that shit in Oakland and see what happens. <laughs> and, uh, and apparently, they tried to do that shit in Oakland. <laughs> And, uh, and it and it and it did not 
uh, it did not even get the opportunity to happen because they knew it was going to end very badly for a lot of people. And, uh, and in fact, not smart move. Two. Yeah, so that was so. I just wanted to open football game. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you realize, here's part of my problem. You know, y'all know that I would have no way I would say the Nazi rallies or the white supremacist rallies have any merit at all. But they still had anti-father and they still started doing damage and they still started doing crap and they still got arrested. And there was nothing even there to protest anymore. They still wanted to be there just to raise hell. Now, I, I really feel that there's a, an injustice being done here. Everybody's going against the, the alt-right like they should. But there's a violent alt-left, and some, some of the left people that, uh, you know, newscasts that I've been catching or, or, or radio shows that I've been catching are starting to speak out against them. These kids are out of control. They're, they've got to be careful because, yes, it's good to counter-protest, but if you become just like the people you're protesting, then where are you? On the opposite end of the scale, but it's the same shit. I, 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 see, I see your logic. I don't know if I agree, but I definitely see, you know, the, the old saying, two wrongs don't make a right. You know, and uh, so, and I definitely agree with that. You know, that they two claim wrongs. to be anarchists. I mean, they got the big A, they painted on the walls in a big red A. They claim to be anarchists. This has nothing, to, they are not Americans. This group has nothing, in my opinion, no more to do with America than what, than what they, these crazy bastards over here are on the other side. But I think you're having a hard time with guidance in this part. So you're, you're, you're having an extreme one way. So a group of young ones who probably doesn't have a whole lot of guidance or maybe leadership or even a, a solid foundation of, what, of how to go about protesting the, the counter side, and it's going to become extreme both ways. So you, you're having the effect of one group coming in and saying, hey, this is what we believe, and it's very extreme, it's very equal because they're radical. So the other, the other group considers themselves they have to be just as radical. They're just almost as extreme. I, I have no problem seeing a bunch of racists get their ass kicked. I'm completely fine with that. I, that's the right way to handle the situation to me. I'm a-okay with it, and I hope it happens more. And well, to, totally they just stop doing these stupid racist rallies. And then, then I'm great with it. One thing that we have to, I, I think we need to um, clarify from last week when we were talking about the statue that was being taken down here, the, well, they took it down. Um, but it, but one thing that we didn't talk about was it was actually the group that put it up was the group that asked for it to be taken down because it was vandalized and they didn't want any more. Um, is there really still a daughters? Yeah, out there? it is. How yeah. could you be a part of that at this point? Uh, how are you part of a KKK? Well, I mean, you I know, there's. So but anyway, wait, 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 wait. Um, but that was the group that asked for it to be taken down. Uh, and I don't know that that was um, fully reported on, so people did get upset about it. But it was that group that asked for it to be removed and because they didn't want any more damage to it and they were going to take it and put it away until they could find a safe place for it. I so, it I, I, to, to be clear from last week, we were talking about that it wasn't right to do that the vandalism isn't right, but it wasn't any um, anti, 
uh, it wasn't a leftist group that asked no, no, for it no, to no. be removed. I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel was. like that. I just still feel that there's soldiers from the Confederate and the Union buried there. Yeah, I, I believe and that I there want should to see be some marker. Yeah. Come there. You mm -hmm. cannot ignore that, that, that these people sacrificed their lives. Yeah. That's, that's I, not I, I, for, for a cause that they thought was right and be a right or be a wrong. But it was it was only it's only Confederate. That's my that's my um, It wasn't it wasn't an acknowledgement that there were both sides buried there. It right. was only and, oh, and you know, I, I I think that we were talking about it and we didn't have the full context of what we were talking about, at least on the podcast. So I just wanted to make sure that we... And that's a legit point. I'm yeah. glad that they did ask for it to be taken down. I thought one of the coolest things that happened uh, recently was when, I, I guess, a great, great grandson or nephew of Robert E. Lee went on stage at the MTV Music Awards with the woman who uh, just lost her daughter mm -hmm. in uh, Charlottesville, uh, right? And I thought that was really cool. I mean, I think there's an acknowledgement, like, even most of Robert Lee's living relatives have come out and said, take this shit down, you know, put it wherever you want, we don't really care, you know, it's, all, it's already said and done, you know, get rid of it. And I am, I am great with that. Like, why would you have something that does nothing but incite violence to a large majority <clears throat> of, the, of the population? I mean, well, replacing, yeah. to me, replacing the statues, like you say, with, uh, with something that acknowledge that there was a battle there acknowledges that uh, don't erase that, that, that lives were lost there. Don't erase the history. Yeah, but there's but, plaques all over town. Go to Loose Park, yeah, you know, yeah. where the actual battle was fought. There's plaques all over the place that acknowledge that there's a, a battle. Burial, there. That's a burial ground. I understand. So just give it a, its proper context. This exactly. is a burial ground. Don't make it a Confederate memorial. That's wrong. Well, and that, that's my issue. It's not not. You, not erasing the fact that that something you know happened here, but uh, the fact that it's purely a Confederate memorial, I think, is is what what is bothersome about it. Um, well, yeah. and we were talking really about Charlottesville, and just um, you know, before the podcast, we were talking about that Vice episode, which I highly recommend you watch because it it was very interesting to see. She was actually interviewing and spent most of her time with the neo-Nazi group. So it, it was just shocking to me, and it, maybe it shouldn't be, maybe I'm just, I don't know, I wasn't exposed to a lot of that in my lifetime, but yeah, it was very like, have you ever, it makes me sick to think people can really think the way that they think. But, but have you ever listened to like some of the uh, podcasts of some of these crazy bastards, but no, because you, you can tell um, they, 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 my, my old friend in Maine, Joe Wayne, was a fisherman, offshore <coughs> fisherman, and he always he had a great saying. He said, "You know, I'm I, I'm not stupid, but I might be ignorant." Hmm. Well, there you go. And some of them are stupid and ignorant. But they don't. But, but, but ignorance but is the, a generational thing, unfortunately, for a lot of these people, and that's where they come from. But, but the they thing are is, ignorant. There's if no you're excuse. that, whatever no, you want to call it. I'm not saying there's an excuse, Chris, but I'm saying that they are ignorant, and that's why they have no excuse. If you are smart enough to say I'm ignorant, you're smart enough to know the difference. At that point, you are stupid because you are that's acknowledging the fact that but you're. That's ignorant. my point. I mean, look, like, there's no to me. There's, there's, there's no difference between ignorance and stupidity. They're there's the nothing same thing. about them that are American. 
Nothing about I, I, who that's not say, American. I, I wouldn't say that they're not American. I, I would say that we're, we're trying to embrace one piece of history. And we're saying that, okay, here's, here's this part of history where it's very offensive to a group. And then we're saying that, okay, you know, it's, it's easy to say, hey, let's pull down the statue and be offended because it's Robbie Lee. But then you got a group of people that said, all right, well, Robbie Lee beat, raped, and, uh, and it was a savage to one group. And where's their shrine? Where's their, where's their statue that says, hey, this is where all these slaves were buried? Do we even know where, where 90% of the slaves that Probably were not. We don't have records on those slaves. Well, yeah, which, which, what we which do is, know is most of them were buried on the dang plantation. Which is, which is bothersome and that, to and say the least. Not even, I mean, okay, let's take away slavery. Let's, let's talk about Native Americans, okay? What, what happened to all those that were poisoned and shot? You know, on the day of Thanksgiving, or marched from Florida yeah. down to Oklahoma. Right now, they're, they're, the, they're in the northern Midwest of the of the Dakotas, yeah. and that's their yeah. prairie. Yeah, I think and now that, they're still fighting. For yeah, them. I think that the the idea of the genteel South is it's is something not, that people want. They want to believe it so badly. But it's not just the South. Like they interview people that live in. What was that one group that we were, they weren't even in the South. They were like in, I don't know, California or some craziness. Like someplace you wouldn't think sure. about. They're everywhere. They it's not, from Toledo, it, right? you know, maybe, oh, yeah. that, maybe that's where it started, but it's all over the entire United States. Yeah. Even if you just exclude race from the entire argument and just take it out of the equation, you're still putting up memorials and monuments to people who were traitors to the country and wanted to secede from the Union, and they're not American at that point. We were, you are a traitor to the country. We were watching. Um, I'm a Yankee, so you know I can't this argue that with, with you. George Douglas. <laughs> we were watching that, and um, I can't remember who was on the panel, but it was a, a African American gentleman and a another woman. And she was obviously Republican, and they were talking about, um, you know, just Charlottesville in general. And um, he brought up, he, they, she tried to bait him into an argument of, you know, well, both sides do this. And he said, I'm not going to go down that road with you. What you're talking about right now is somebody that was a traitor to this country. It had no, I mean, like, he was like, it's not... He wasn't even talking about race. He was literally talking about why do you put up um, memorials and statues and glorify people traitors. that were traitors to this country. And, and that was the argument that he was, I mean, and you know, it, it, but you just hear people talking about somebody that they really don't know and saying that they're filth and that they should be dead. and. Like, how does that even, like, where does that... I don't know where it's I, I, I don't know where it comes from, but I, this has always been a dividing line for me. I can tolerate a Washington or a Jefferson or something like that. Flaws, as horrific as they were, you can even make the argument place and time, whatever you want to argue, I don't really care. But once you, there was never a moment in time where you leave the country and become a traitor, where you go, that's okay, we're cool with that too. You know, no, 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 no. You guys literally try to become a separate country. Fuck off. You know, this is still America. You know, yeah. and the fact that you were forced back into it after we kicked your ass, 
great. You know, I'm not gonna give you a high five for that and put up a statue to you. I mean, I, I'm all in favor of vandalizing this shit, taking it down, doing whatever well, you need to do. Well, no, I know, no, no, I know, no, no, I know, you. I know you, you can't go with the vandalism. I absolutely can. Well, this oh, I is, think you're wrong. It's repugnant. <laughs> that, 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 well, that, that is not, we, we don't need vandalism in our society. I mean, our panel gets along because we're able to have discussions. This yeah. is, once, you go this to van, discussion. once you go to vandalism and, and, and you, go, you go to violence, then you've taken it out of oh, the Well, vandalism is the start of people. violence, though. You're talking about violent people on one side and asking everybody else to be cool and not respond. Like, like, I'm like, no, I'm okay with the violence. I'm well, okay. I, I'm not okay passive. with it. Yes. Great. It's hard I, to be passive with. You can't, you can't keep... Such a start, I, think, such I think cities need to stop and take a look at it, and they need to make decisions in a, in a government sense. And if they're not going to, then vandalize it and tear the shit down. Yeah. And I think this being, <laughs> being passive was what kept them up so long. I agree. Well, I agree. Yeah, but but you got to be careful. I just, I'm not, there, there's a time and place to get things done, and there's a discussion to be had, and then there's action to be had after discussion. Well, and that's, that's but kind you're of talking our, about... That's what our, our union into the country, and our country has always tried to do. This is what we tried to bring forward. But I think we're to the point... And it's difficult sometimes, and it isn't always just, but but it is the public discussion that is supposed to rule a spiral government. But it's but, always but, unjust to to one particular group. When we say it's, it's not, not always, always just, not always it's because it's always in our favor. Towns and cities, towns and cities always been in our favor. Towns and cities make us when you have a group calling people, you know, the N word and saying Jews shit, they're not going to take this, and then you 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 don't expect for somebody to be offended, and so you 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 take that and you say, okay, well, they're having their moment, they they're protesting, and then. They, people on the other side voice their opinions for years, decades, hundreds of years, whatever the case may be. And then now it's, okay, since no one's listening, nobody's taking out this, this flag, this, this statue or whatever, the, the Confederate flag, that was a big issue in Georgia uh, when they changed the flag. Uh, and, and then that was a big protest. People were putting Confederate flags on their trucks, driving down the streets, screaming and yelling and big. Well, I, I think part of the problem that these cities have by letting these crazy bastards have the rallies is that I think there's a law in the book that's called inciting a riot. But but the thing is, and, and the, I don't think they the have to is, give them a, a permit to they, protest if they're going to incite a riot. But how do you you can't say that though? That's that's being prejudiced against somebody by saying, okay, you're applying for this permit, and I know because of who you are, you're going to incite a riot. You can't say that. They could sue the crap out of those people. I mean, and it's just, it's think, not... Then I think that's it a good thing to take it, to, uh, to the courts and see what but happens. But now you're trampling on the First Amendment. True. And therein lies the problem. People know how to get around that stuff. Here's, here's the thing that was interesting to me. We were watching the Vice episode, and uh, so, because she was actually <laughs> embedded with, uh, you know, several of these groups. And um, a couple of these groups, um, and it was. I, I applaud the young lady for even being able to 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 actually be there and ask real kind of journalistic questions because, you know, every other word was you know they were, you know, 
you know, Jew communists, and they were, you know, they were, you know, it yeah, was, it was, lines. yeah, it was every <laughs> all the greatest hits. Oh, uh, it was, and 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 and, and God, like I say, God bless her. You know, she was able to, you know, continue being professional, continue asking questions, trying to get their perspective. But I do remember at one point, it was, you know, after the first initial day. Um, she's in the hotel room with one of the guys and she's interviewing them. And uh, and they had obviously come down looking for trouble because um, he he pulls out uh, he, he's like, okay, so um, so that one's ready. Click, 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 clack. AK-47. Is that not the dude who turned himself in finally? I don't think so. I don't think this guy was. Hmm. But he pulls out AK-47, he pulls out um, a 9mm from his waistband, he pulls out an, uh, a Ruger 9mm from his ankle, and another gun, and a knife, and, a knife. and he said... And a knife. And, 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 uh, right, and a knife. And he's throwing them all over the bed, like look how and proud he was. Gun over here. Yeah, and I have another AK-47 over here. And, and he said... So, the, so what, I, what I hear a lot is... You know, you know the the kind of protesters that came down and they were picking up sticks or you know whatever. And um, but these guys came down fully armed to the teeth. They were ready to but kill. But that's people. what their groups do. Right. They go out on the weekends, and I'm not making it up. I've read articles about it. Like they go out on the weekends, and they are fully preparing for government taking their guns and. Uh, people protesting them, like they're fully, they're doing combat missions. But, but in their, in their, on the weekends. But in their idiotic minds, they they see themselves as going to war to, against their own government. To, though, yes. what is that called? What is that called? Treasonous. And and then they are treasonous because they are not. Once again, they do not have the American ideal in any sense of the but word. But they believe they do. But they that, believe that they the believe, American but that ideal. That, but that doesn't mean that they are American that, in that sense. But they think they are, and that's the problem. 99.8% of the like Americans out there look at those guys and say, you're a bunch of stupid assholes. Listen, I would say one, treason is the only crime that's defined in the Constitution, and the penalty is death, which is A-OK -okay by me. And then secondly, the right to free speech does not mean that you're free from consequences of being but stupid. And yeah, you can say okay. whatever you want, but I there may be consequences. Just what I said earlier. Right? Have a parade. I'm not going to deny you the permit. I'm just not going to go out of my way to put a lot of people out there. Yeah. <laughs> and if you get your ass kicked, you get your ass kicked. Oh and yeah, I mean that was what should happen. You want to put a quick end to these stupid marches? Just get your ass kicked every time you organize a march. Yeah, well, now, I, I'll, have the to, march. I'll have There's to not say, that many of them compared to the people protesting. No, the, there's 2,000 people showing up against 200. You're going to get your ass kicked. They're not even 200 well, sometimes. Sometimes they're only 50. But the, These guys are two total morons. I, the I other, the other thing that I, I wish, I don't, they couldn't tell us who was doing it, but somebody was macing the neo-Nazi group. Yeah. But they knew that was going to happen because they had milk with them. Like they knew, like they were fully prepared for yeah. whatever was going to happen. Yeah. Like, how, you don't just get a gallon of milk out of nowhere and where they were at. You know, like they, they had that shit. But right. I also, that's no more. That's a lovely tale. Right, right, right. right. But I also say this. They asked them who, who did it, and they were like, well, I don't know, I don't know, communist. Well, I'm like, what the f <laughs> communist? What, what? 
decade are you living in? Yeah. But all right, all right, wait, wait, okay, go we, we gotta move forward. We gotta move Fair forward because we got we got a we got a full agenda of, of, of stuff to talk about. Because as always, the week has been chock full. Um, <laughs> so uh, Trump uh, pardons Jeff. Joe Arpaio. He didn't do all that in a row. Because they were talking about dumping, uh, media dump. He did it. All of of these stories came out after 6 o'clock on Friday. We've been doing that for years. So what's new? And so right right as the hurricane's hitting, all these stories hit. You do this at the height of what's going on right now. I agree. That was, just, that was just, that was not Obama did it, Hillary did it, they all did it no, for no, no, years, no, no, no. years this and years. They've done these five-day dumps for years. You, you are adding gas to a, to a force fire. I agree. Now, yeah. so, this is, so this why is not a Friday dump of bad news. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me I mean, because that does happen. Friday dump is Friday yeah, dump of bad news. It's it what you're dumping that is the problem. Well, when you double. agree to pardon... And doing it during right a national now, disaster is stupid. Two things. One, when it's just intense in this country just to begin with, and then to take a racist asshole, 85-year-old sheriff, who, you know, come on. Like, that guy was the biggest asshole on the face of the earth and was found guilty in a court of law. With his ears. Yes, exactly. Well, and the other... To, to, do, to pardon him then... You're a moron. You were just the dumbest person on earth. When you could have just let shit die down for a while, and then you know slip it in in January. He's never been known for his He's an idiot. He's well, an idiot. it wasn't only just, that though. I, I don't it think was, he was the, trying to be strategic. I'm telling you. Yeah, no, that was I interrupted you. No. But it wasn't just that. It was that. It was that. And then he signed. He fully signed the ban on transgenders. Transgender. Um, uh, Against every military advice. Well, it, 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 it got watered down because it's originally they were going to have to, like, uh, I'm losing my word again. They, it, it People that are already in the military were going to have to be discharged. Right. Um, but now, yeah, but now the version that he signed it, they just cannot newly enlist. And, and they need to figure out what it's going to cost. Um, the government to support transgenders in the military, which that study's already been done. It was right. done two years ago. But and then on top of that was the um, what's his name? Uh, Gorka. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, let's go back to transgender issue. I got because I got a question to ask, and I don't honestly know. You know, it's been reported that if you go and if you're trans, if you think you're transgender, and you go into the military, that they will pay for a sex change operation, a hormone. Well, if you have insurance and your insurance covers it, then... No, but taxpayer. It doesn't matter. It's still part of the insurance policy. Yeah, and the study that they did... Taxpayer. It's still part of the insurance program. They're still the subject of taxpayer and taxpayer. It doesn't matter. It still goes through the insurance program. The study that they did on the number of transgender people that were in the military and the cost of a uh, sex change and... um, the support at because there's all kinds of stuff. I mean, it's not like you just go in and say I'm going to get a sex change. Like to do that is extensive. Yeah, psychological testing. But the thing is, it's less than one percent of the cost of the medical um, insurance no. for military. Less to me, than one percent. This is a little bit more of a moral issue that. 
I don't really personally have a problem with transgender serving in the military. If they can, they can be a good soldier, more power to them. Okay, I don't have an issue with that. But I do have an issue that if it is your venue to go get changed, that's uh, that is totally on a on your level that you need to be able to take care of that yourself. Period. And it should not be done while you're in the military, in my opinion. I think it should be done while you're a private citizen. That's a private thing. Yeah. Well, they're going to have the same insurance the for the rest of their life. They, they, it doesn't. You don't change insurances after. I mean, you have VA benefits. But I Medical still think insurance it should be is one done. of them. It yeah. could be done. Yeah, you have VA benefits, but I think it should be done after you're out of the military not why you're in the military because you just said now hang on you just said that that is a tremendous thing that's a tremendous change in your life and so psychologically you're going through emotions that are off the chart and you're getting hormone well, to replacement. be quite honest so you're really having issues yeah they're, they're already change. yeah it, it's it's harder on if you talk to anybody that's gone through it it's harder on them to hide it and be live in a way that they don't feel is authentic to themselves than it is to... Well, then maybe they shouldn't have joined the military. But you know what? They went through a psychological test to get into the military, so uh, obviously they were okay at the time. If insurance is covering it, and it's part of part of their approved plan, which we all have insurance, and so you know you, you use the insurance for whatever you can to certify some things, doesn't certify other things. If it's an approved procedure that is part of their insurance policy is every right to do it. Well, and they and don't decide that. that. It's I just want people to be happy. Yeah. There's a lot of that medical money. testing that goes on in the military that costs us far more money. I would yes. say probably. Yeah. Well, to me, it, it does. To, I, I, I once, again, it's, once again, it's one of those I really understand where you're coming from. I don't think I agree, but so to me, if it's, if it's really a problem, then it's not saying, hey, you transgender, you can't join. Does it affect their ability to serve? Well, not even that. I agree with that. I agree with that. Not even that, because I don't think it affects their ability to serve. But but if it's really a problem, to me, it's changing what insurance benefits they're able and, to and get. And they don't make that decision. The insurance company, it's what is negotiated at the right. time that a contract is signed. So if, if if the military doesn't want to pay for it, then they need to take it off their approved list of, of you That's know. all they have to do. That I agree yeah. with. You don't yeah. have to say transgender people are not welcome in the military or anything along those lines. You just go, hey, listen. But he, we're he, he the wants to roll back to not the, to not the But he wants My to roll back the whole don't ask, don't tell. He wants all of that. He wants to go back to you cannot be openly gay in the military, like all of that. He wants to get rid of all I'm of sure it. I'm sure he does, but he's a young, I mean, that I haven't heard that him say that. that. I've just heard him well, say Well, they said that, that, that what he just did wasn't going to happen, and he signed it. All, so, all of the generals have come out and said, uh, and, and this is bullshit. This but is once he signed it, they have to adhere to it. performing exceptionally well. You're breaking up units. Nobody in the Army actually has a problem with any of this. You know, you're making an issue out of something that's not an issue. Right, it's right, a non-issue. Right, right. right. Well, so and this is, another, but this is another sure thing, are, this is another thing that he went completely opposite of how he campaigned. 
because they had on when he was campaigning how, oh, they don't have anything to worry about, I don't even care about that, blah, 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 blah. and the next thing you know, it's on his radar. You could be cleaner from mash wearing a dress, and if you go into battle, I don't give a shit. Just be able to shoot straight and hit somebody. Yeah, that's all you really need to do, and I'm yeah. completely cool with that. Yeah, that, I mean honestly, yeah. If you, if you want to because we have a volunteer military, so if you want, if you want to volunteer to go out there and kill or be killed, so that I don't have to. God bless you. Imagine how difficult of a choice that is for somebody who is either a transgender or wants to have a sex change on it. That's got to be. Oh um, yeah. Why? You know you're putting yourself in an incredibly difficult, difficult situation. situation. Yeah. Absolutely. And for them to but, still, but still have If you're getting it done yeah. while you're serving, that with the hormone injections and everything, you're changing your body. That's got to affect you psychologically too. So, you, do you really know how that person? Okay, but what happens? if somebody has a, an illness that they have to? Okay, I know it's completely different. But what if you're diagnosed with cancer while you're in the military? Do you have? I mean, that psychologically fucks people up. How yeah, how do you say? Most of them won't be out on the battlefield if they have cancer. But you don't know that. Neither, I, I would doubt anybody going through a sex change process probably would be either. No, would, most of them aren't. Their team won't expect to go out on a battlefield and back and back. I, I would think the military probably understands the, the magnitude of what they're going through as far as their hormones changing and whatnot. That they wouldn't put somebody on the front lines that would probably wig out and, and do friends. You need product. to be in an administrative job I, and everything. I, I'll, I'll be Why honest. do you need I, to I be? That, I don't agree with that either. insulting to say that somebody who has a sex change or is transgender or anything has psychological issues. I'm not saying this naughty. Um, I would agree that it's probably a difficult choice. It's hard, and it's all those things. I'm not going to say that they're unfit to serve and that they have psychological issues. I think it's a issues. year. I well, think, I think it's a year or more, more that they have to go through the therapy. psychological counseling. Yeah. yeah, it's over a year that, or right at a year that they have to go through that it's before they're even choice. signed off on to have one. And then there's months and months and months of prep to do it before it even happens. Yeah. And I'm, I'm completely unwilling to say that they're psychologically unwilling. Well, the prep isn't like... Uh, I know people who are just... You would go... Oh, it's like women start taking testosterone. Men start, I mean, it's like... It's not, you know... Yeah. Yeah. Like, no, you have to build into it. It's yeah. Not, you just do you it have to get your body prepared for it. Yeah, it's a brutal process. I, you know, and Dave, I do understand what you're saying. I just, I, I just think that there's, it's not black and white. It's definitely not black and white. And it, it's not for us to say what, what's it's right. It's not a time wrong. to do it while you're in the military. It's a time to do it after, and I, I will stick to that. Well, it, I guess it would depend on if That's you're fine. a, you if want you're to make a change. military. I, I, I don't have a problem. So, are we, agree, are we agreeing to disagree? Yep, at this point. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's move move forward. And uh, you you mentioned, but let's uh, let's talk about uh, uh, Gorka um, resigning from the White House, and he was probably the last of the of the of the Bannonites <laughs> uh, holding a White House job, and uh, and. Uh, I'm wondering how much uh, resignation or how much uh, kind of forced to resign this actually was. Was Bannon the last like, champion of him? Yeah. That's Kelly. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Let's Kelly clean her house and I, get the ship right. I hope so because uh, that's that's why he was put in place. I mean, it's we, just it's too simple. It's just yeah, I'm, he, yeah. He's clean. He's he's making it a government-run operation and dragging the president along with him. And he's going to. I guarantee you, Kelly will straighten that house out. Is that not the saddest statement in the world? Well, it, it, is, but, but it is. But it is. But it's a true statement. That's, you know, it's horrendous. You had a non-bureaucratic person elected to president, and he, he who he thought was in place to do him the best because that's who got him elected. And the dawn of reality is, is when you get there, you find out that that's a whole different fucking ballgame. And he, yeah, everybody he, thinks he's that they can be president adapt, until he's adapted to the ballgame at least. It was taken like it or not. It was taken extremely lightly. Extremely. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not a boiler. I think that you, he you should be happy he that he's that that he has picked Kelly in place. I'm glad Kelly's making changes that he sees fit. I mean, I think he's he's stepping in and doing doing some some control. But at this point, which somebody you now has control for a guy who was elected to be oh my god this great business me. leader and he's gonna come in and organize all this stuff on us. I'm gonna hire him to run a hot dog stand at this point. He's just proven to be irrational, crazy, saying all kinds of dumb shit. He's not even acting like a good business person, which was he was elected on. Yeah, and so yeah, I hope they all go. Nobody wants to be in that White House right now. Nobody. I mean, Tillerson, we were talking earlier. Yeah. Tillerson came out yesterday and was like, I, I, I don't know what the hell the president said. He spoke for himself, not for me. But, but he has put some good people in place that will say That it. want to leave. That want out because they know that he's a moron. Right well, they now, can resign at any time. Yeah, so I mean. They're not forced, they're not forced remember, to stay. I can't remember the guy, uh, the Jewish guy who was in his cabinet. He said, I almost resigned. I had written a letter of resignation. And I thought, you know what? I can either choose to bail on this and have no effect at all, mm -hmm. or I can try to stay and be patriotic and do my job. Just the finance guy. Country. Yeah. And, and try to make changes internally if mm -hmm. I can. That's a hard decision. It's it a very is. hard decision. So it's one thing to go, oh, they can just all resign. But no, be, there's a lot of people in there who feel but, like they're but, really trying to make a difference for the country and the job that they were put into. But that becomes a personal choice that you have to make. At some you point, know? you have to decide, does this guy represent anything about me or not? And I think you're seeing more and more and more people that are in that administration are like, mm, actually, he doesn't speak for me at all, and I don't want to be associated with him. But they're going to do what they have to do to be, do their job. They're mm -hmm. trying to do their job, yeah. and he's fucking their job up every day. Well, look at what he's done to Tillerson over and over and over. Constant. Like, it undercuts it, him all the time. I'm sure that gets frustrating at some point. Normally, in leadership with people that follow you, you, you say one thing and they echo exactly what you say. There hasn't been much of an echo. Mm -hmm. as a, a much. From what I from what I see. No, there is no there's echo. Been, there's been no echo. There's been one person yeah. saying, taking a stand, saying this is what we're gonna do and you know, this is just the way it is. Which is not necessarily the way a, a, a president necessarily uh, uh, appeals to the public or to both parties or to the American people. And now you're starting to see people that were supportive of him that he put in place that are now saying, "Look, dude, you're going too, you're going too far over. Put down the tweets. Let's just focus on the government. We're, we're, we're divided, and if we in a divided in a divided nation, who's possibly at war with another country here soon? Uh, how could you be divided inside and then have to focus on things outside? That's tough. That's a tough position to be." 
So now you're having people who basically have to call mutiny and, and say, look, we'll put holes in this damn boat and sink this ship if you don't tighten up. And so I think they're trying to, they're, they're getting his attention to get him to tighten up, in my personal opinion. Do you feel like the country in some ways is running itself in spite of him? Not because of him? Like, I see a lot of people just going to work and trying to do their jobs. Absolutely. And going, oh, fuck Absolutely. this guy, I just need to go and put my head down and do my job. And I think he's being warned about an impeachment process. From, I think I read something before I came here a few hours ago uh, that he's being warned by his advisors that, you know, there's some people that, uh, there's his own party is looking at, you know, getting yeah. rid of but the, the problem with that is that a lot of people in their own party are the establishment. And they've been the establishment, they've been in there 30, 40 years, some of them, that's fucking ridiculous. Now, I know Chris thinks that they should be there. Well, that's fine. In that case, I say, well, good. You should have Elect term them limits. and give them a job and then tell them they got to retire when they're 66 years old. Why? Because I don't want them in there when they're 80 effing years old, man. You they're out of touch with reality of I'll, what, of I'll take what John the world McCain is. Any day. What he did was one of the bravest things I've ever seen anybody do. I love him for it, and that dude's 80 years old, and I applaud him every day for it. Yeah. Poor you know, Dave. You know, it's funny. Just, I, just, I can't agree Dave, with that. Dave's I, I, over I, I, here they, with they his arms corrupted. crossed. They are part of the machine, and the machine has been failing the American public for a while now. Yeah, I, I agree. Well, with I that. will say I will say that I agree I will, with that. I, I will I, I will agree, agree with that. With that. Uh, but how this administration wants to change the machine is is not the way to change the machine. Well, it's it, you know? it, it's an unorthodox unorthodox approach. No, it's a dictatorship. But, yeah. but the machine is not been serving the people, and I, and that's where my main issue is. You know, I, you know, I don't so necessarily. Need to F and go. I don't think it's necessarily bad. Like the whole reason originally that people wanted Trump in there was because he was a businessman. He wasn't a politician. I don't disagree that maybe a businessman would be good to run the country. I don't think this well, businessman. Is I thought Mitt right Romney was a good one because he was Mormon. Another moron Republicans would elect him. We were focused well, on. Well, he ran. Uh, Romney ran for. I mean, he was their candidate. He, so, he would have been a good, a much better president than Trump. But he ran against somebody that was already seated in office. Yep. And you know how I was, he was I running mean, against somebody, <laughs> he was running against somebody not only in their second term, but... I mean, he was running against a force in nature, it just wasn't going to happen for him. Yeah, it was, it was wrong timing for, yeah. for them. I think yeah. the, the American people, we were focused on the economy. We wanted our economy to be strong, and he looked like a good person to strengthen the economy. And it, it's a little, that could it be is more related. so far. What, Trump? So yeah. far. But when you start talking about race relations, you start talking about globalization, war, all these things he has no experience in, it gets, it, it gets pretty scared. Now you got these, this race relation issue that's, that's turned into an internal war. I mean, and, and he doesn't know what to do. He's not saying the right things to even kind of put the fire out. I'm totally bothered by that. I don't, it, it's beyond me why we were first course. So we got Tillerson saying, hey, we're, we're going to... What do you we're, mean we're, reverse we're course? Well, we, we've seen a lot of good things happen in race. Where people are, are getting educated and more equal in jobs. And <coughs> seeing different things happen in the world that it makes things more equal and better 
even just you know women in, in business and things, not just blacks and whites and Latinos and everybody else. And, and now, now I, I feel like for some reason we're stepping back, and I find this very just frustrating to me because I've always been a champion of trying to you know working in you guys know, you know working in inner cities and help kids out and things like this and I, I, I'm struggling with this mightily. This is this is a very disturbing thing to me. And that's a reflection. Because I, well, you know what? Well, you know what's funny? I, actually, I I'm glad you said that. Give, give me one. Yeah, give, give me one second, because uh, you know it's funny. This entire uh, I don't know if anybody out there in podcast land uh, has seen the movie. I hope you have. Uh, remember the Titans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's a line in that movie that uh, it, it's it. It struck me. It, it struck me because it was the line that I had heard before in life. But that line out of that movie has stuck with me in in a hundred different situations. Uh, attitude reflects leadership, and you know we're seeing. To your point, you know the country move. In, in a direction that nobody uh, rationally wants it to go. But we're seeing our leader espouse these opinions. And, and when you see the guy at the top, you know, say, you know, the president of our country isn't born here. You see the lead, somebody trying to be the leader, saying, hey, this woman did these crazy things, lock her up. Or when you see you know, somebody trying to be the leader of our country, say, hey, if this was 40 years ago, we'd have knocked them on the ass and dragged them out of here. Well, then the, the populace's attitude reflects leadership. And now that he's in office, you know, we're seeing that, you know, the you know, the white supremacists and neo-Nazi groups, you know, are coming out. You know, I think, more vocal. Yeah, well, you know, the funny thing is, when we, were, when we were talking about this Vice episode, we saw the young lady say, you know, it's not that the white supremacist groups think that he's one of them, but he feels that, they feel that they now have an ally in the White House that is not going to uh, you know, put them in any peril or any any uh, litigious you know uh, peril for the things that they're doing or saying, and that of course emboldens these groups, yeah. and so they feel mm -hmm. like now we can uh, come off of the internet where for a while they were these kind of dark mm -hmm. internet groups and just these kind of you know, memes and trolls on the internet that now we can amass in the public. In a physical space. Well, and show people our faces. Well, I think there's a second point behind this is that in our media nowadays, they love it. They got something that they go stupid on. And they're but going, it's not even... And, and they push it and propagate it. They push it and they propagate it and they want to make it sensational <coughs> because it becomes a story. And... and, and, and 
I, there could be two of them up there and 2,000 over here, and they'll take those two, which isn't the case, don't get me wrong, and they'll boom, blow it up and make it this huge deal when it's just two fucking assholes over here and a bunch of counter-protesters saying, you guys are two fucking assholes. But you can take Charlottesville as a perfect example of the media had nothing to do with that. Like, it hit social media before the media got a hold of it. And it went firestorm from there. It wasn't, it wasn't media that caused that. Well, I'm, it, say, I'm it, not saying they caused it. Don't get me up, misunderstand me. Here. <clears throat> okay. They don't cause it at all, but they blow it up. Well, this goes back to That's the conversations the that we had. They are not out there to cause these things. Yeah. They're out there to capitalize on what happens. Well, that goes back to us having the conversation about the 24-hour news cycle. You have to report on something. Yep. So they're just, and if they don't have something to report on, Bingo. they keep talking about the same thing over and over again. I don't think this should go out six hours a day, but that'd be restricting first First Amendment rights, and we'd be in trouble, wouldn't we? <laughs> I mean, but but it, it's sad because the the TV stations play what people want to watch, and and for whatever reason. Sadistically, people love to watch this shit. Yeah, it's like know, it's true reality I, TV. I get up four o'clock in the morning. The news comes on at four thirty. What are the first four news stories? Who got killed? Yeah. Who who died in a car wreck? What cop got shot? Yeah. No, absolutely. That's all it is. This is nothing. It's shit. It's total shit. And I, it's, I'm getting old, and I don't suffer fools gladly. <laughs> all right? Well, and my Italian wife don't suffer fools gladly at, at all. I'm surprised she suffered me when I asked her to dance back in the day. Back she didn't suffer, suffer me very well. When, but it was the start of a long relationship. I just, it was, I, I, I'm at a point where I'm yelling at the radio. I got stressed. And I have to turn it off every once and go back to music, which is one I should do a lot more of. Do you meditate? You should Be meditate. I, 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 my medicine is this wrong. <laughs> That's Medicaid. That's Medicaid. Whatever it is, We're talking works. about meditate. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, know what? I am. All right, so with that, let's, let's move it forward to uh, a story that I don't think anybody at the table should find uh, overly controversial. Uh, I don't think anyway. So, um, at the Georgia State Capitol, um, they're going to add a Martin Luther King statue that's going to join. They haven't decided to take down the Confederate statues, but they're going to add a Martin Luther King statue at the Georgia uh, at the Georgia State Capitol. Um, are they which kind of governors or who are they? Um, no, I think they're war heroes, like everybody, like, 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 the, like the rest of them. Um, but I will say that it was one of those things that, it was one of those things that let me, that made me feel like, okay, maybe somebody's listening. Maybe we are moving in a better direction. Well, I think we are moving in a better direction. I think that's the one thing this has done, is that we are waking up as a people and saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'm, you know, it's funny, we, we've looked at a couple of things and they were saying that every so many years you go through these kind of cycles when the uh, collective consciousness of, of the country is 
That's what's beautiful. It's becoming uh, more tolerant of different things. You, you, you go through these kind of social battles that, um, because there's always going to be somebody that's not not okay with it. But I, you know, and I've said I've said this before, and I, I and I'll say it again. I do think that as a general rule, the country is moving in the right direction, but. Uh, it may be slow, it may be plotting, it, but, you know, the, 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 you know, Titanic hit the iceberg because you just can't move a cruise liner that fast, you know, if, if but if you're not looking for the icebergs, that's why you hit them. And, you know, and I think we're at a point in history where between social media, the fact that everybody's now a reporter because everybody has a camera, you know, I think they we're, think they are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you know, I think we're looking for the icebergs, and we and we're uh, and we're trying to steer away from them. Um, but there's always somebody that's saying, "Nah, just let the boat crash," because. You know the what's happening on the boat is the right thing, and and there's all those people down in steerage <laughs> that are saying, "Hell no! Like we can't even go to the dining room. What the hell are you talking about?" And uh, and and so I do think that in in that way, for as much uh, upheaval and controversy as we're having as an American people, you know, I, 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 I still believe that, you know, Martin Luther King was absolutely right in that the, you know, arc of justice is long, but it bends toward, you know, toward righteousness, it bends toward justice. And His dream is still alive and always oh. will be. Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I've said before, and I'll say again. I think this is probably the That's greatest American movie. we've ever produced, and uh, and you know, I want to, you know, one as one as a black man, two as an American. I want to believe that we are we are moving toward the right direction. I think there's bumps in the road. I think there are, you know, a-holes that, you know, don't want it to go in that direction. There probably always will be. But I do think the amount, the amount of a-holes that don't want us to move in the right direction um, is getting smaller. But they are getting more vocal as they see the country as they want it to be. Well, they're losing their power. Well, exactly. You know, so every time you start to lose your power, you're going to get more vocal because you're becoming less and less and less. Yeah, you so know, the squeaky wheel is supposed to get the grease. The one that cries the most is yeah. usually the one that's causing the most problem. Yeah. So yeah, uh, so to to that end, I definitely, I actually, that's the reason why I've said a couple times. I see your point, but you know, to kind of kind of to Chris's point. You know, I think at a certain point, if you find that there is no safe quarter, you know, 
you'll stop because there's no there's no way to keep going if you know every single time you open your mouth and say something completely asinine, you, you're gonna get pummeled for it. And so, no, I don't want to see riots. No, I don't want to see people losing their lives or whatever. It's okay to shut them down. But, you know, I'm perfectly okay with them getting shouted down. Perfectly. And with that, uh, let's move to the last point on the list. Something much lighter. <laughs> the uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight. <laughs> uh, TKO in the 10th round. Uh, I must admit, I didn't even see this fight going 10 rounds. Um, I know it was an exhibition, so I knew it would go more than four or five rounds. I didn't think it'd go 10. Um, I thought if it ended early, McGregor would, McGregor would have him. Uh, once it gets past five rounds, you, you're just not conditioned to, to, to fight that long. You know, MMA fights don't go that long. And nobody's ever crossed over from another uh, fighting discipline to win a boxing title. And uh, so I, I uh, but I will say this, uh, I saw this as uh, the ultimate uh, money grab for both of them. And, uh, and there was a lot of money being grabbed. <laughs> well, McGregor made 100 million and I think uh, Mayweather made over 300 million. Yeah, Am yeah. I correct with those numbers? Yeah, it sounds yeah. about right. He will. I, it's a, and you never know what's going to happen with these kind of things. I mean, McGregor walked away talking about, you know, I'm a free agent. I can go both ways now. So you might have, I mean, boxing for a while has kind of been on the on the down trend without, you know, the big heavyweight names anymore. Mm -hmm. So now you got these guys that can possibly yeah. cross over. So you you may have boxers going into MMA, you know, learn how to do some some of that mixed martial arts. Yeah, I mean, because you've had. Uh, um, WWE people going into MMA, mm -hmm. so yeah, I, I do think that uh, I do think that the health of the sport, and I am a uh, I am a fight fan. Um, I think the health of the sport is going. It, honestly, I don't see the sport surviving on the financial level that it's surviving um, in, until we get some really viable heavyweight candidates. I mean, honestly, since the clinch goes. There hasn't been any heavyweights worth watching. Right. So I don't even know the names of the heavyweights. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know any names of any heavyweight contenders at this point, and uh, and that's a problem because when we were all growing up, it was all about the heavyweight division. So this is where I would disagree slightly. Okay. In the sense that if you look back at a lot of the most famous boxers that are out there, it's actually the the lighter weight classes that have drawn a huge number of people. Sugar Ray Leonard was never a heavyweight. Uh, De La Hoya wasn't a heavyweight. Pacquiao certainly wasn't a heavyweight. Those were classic battles. Oh my god. Yeah. But it's across the board. Tom, I mean Tommy Hearns. Hadley was a heavyweight. Hadley got a prison star people. What was, what's his name that, um, um, was he a heavyweight? Oh gosh, he was in one of the Rocky movies. Oh, uh, they the guy from Kansas City. Uh, oh, Tommy yeah. Morrison. He was a heavyweight. 
and, and can't forget about my boy, Roy Jones Jr. Oh yeah, Roy oh, Jones Jr. Yeah. Yeah. He's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a bad boy. Yeah, but yeah, he was a bad boy. He was a bad boy. Yeah. So, so, so to to your point, I actually, I actually, uh, I actually do acknowledge that uh, you are right that a lot of the uh, big names of the sport uh, have been in varying weight classes. To tell you the truth, but you know, but I think the excitement. Of the sport, you just like hearing heavyweight champion heavyweight of the world. Champion. Oh yeah, and that's yeah. And that, there's nothing quite like hearing that phrase. I mean, you know, featherweight champion of the world just doesn't have the same. Yeah, yeah. Fan. And when you actually do enjoy the sport of boxing. Typically, your better fights are in the lower weight. In lower weight. How do you not enjoy boxing? Yeah, I don't like MMA either, though, or any of that. I think that goes back to. Uh, like why I don't like war movies either. Just Still like, see like Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones? <laughs> I mean, I can I deal. Game of Thrones is perfectly fine. <laughs> there are some scenes that I don't watch though because they're super gory. But it's, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I get boxing is like real boxing, not just pummeling somebody like when it's an art. Well, I do get it's that. It's an art and a science. It is yeah, art. I get that and I can appreciate that, but I don't understand sports that you know you're probably going to have some kind of mental illness at the end of it. Well, <laughs> that's football. I mean, you're guaranteed yeah. in football. football. You're not guaranteed that in football. Oh my God. You are not guaranteed that in football. You're not guaranteed Not every single that goes out on that on that field is going to get pummeled. What was the number that they came now, out Now, if you're a lineman, you may be guaranteed. It was something like 90% of people that played pro football have a you know, brain injury. Have you seen that movie? Concussion. Concussion? Yeah. yeah. That's how hard it is. I know, I know one thing. I'm, <clears throat> I've always been a boxing purist. I will always be a boxing purist. MMA and I, and I and I went. I, I got a good friend of mine who's a rock company here town. Was a pretty badass kickboxer back in the day. Named he went under name Mongoose. Mm. He was a little rat tail on the back of him. He's my age now, and we look at each other and just laugh about it. But he just went out. He went out to the fight and hung out with Evander Holyfield. He's hung out with Evander several times. Mm. He was in Vegas for. And, what I, weight class and I saw him today, but I haven't had. We got to go to the bar because I got to hear the stories, right? Because you hang with a vander, you have some fun. Oh, you got some fun. Yeah, you got some fun. But my point being is that we went to an MAA match out in Maristar. Yeah. And, and I got to see, seeing it live was a lot more interesting to me than seeing it on TV, okay? Mm. Like most events, you see it live, it's a little more real for you. It's not boxing. It'll be exciting to see what happens when just <coughs> the two sports. Don King's out of it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, is he? All the brutality yeah, of boxing yeah. still has a certain amount of grace to it. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It, it, Boxing's kind of a beautiful sport in some way. You I know? think real. I think it's real. so ancient. I think it's two men. Yeah. Or two women even nowadays. Yeah. I definitely don't like to see that. And there's just a beauty to it in a way that <laughs> this this violent brutal thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, 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 it's this, this, this dance that uh, that you can only get one way, and uh, yeah. But with that, we'll be right back. Hey, you having a good time? Let me introduce you to a couple of my media brothers. First, www.americathemixtape.com. 
a cipher on American politics, society, and culture. And where'd I get that mixtape? Of course, www.cornerbodega.us, purveyors of urban culture. Come on, let's get back to the party. And we are back. And uh, before we get out of here, let's talk about today's sugar, honey, iced tea. And for those who don't know, uh, these are things that I or a member of the group have found that are really cool, AKA the shit. Uh, and uh, this week's sugar, honey, iced tea is uh, the human body. Uh, rehab is a motherfucker. <laughs> uh, so. I'm the king of rehab. I you know said, that. Yeah, I know, yeah. So, I, knowing that at least uh, one member, member of our panel has uh, done some rehab work, and the anonymous female's father just uh, came out of the hospital after having uh, actually multiple surgeries, um, it's crazy. So, the last two and a half weeks, three weeks, after the surgeries, you know, is when they really kicked in hard with the rehab. And uh, and to see a guy who barely was, you know, getting out of bed without help um, to this past Sunday um, was uh, in his normal pew at church. You know, uh, that was uh, amazing to me because, you know, the power of, you know, because in rehab, you're not, you know, you're not lifting weights or getting some crazy injections. It's just you working your own body to get back to a point of equilibrium. And uh, and that's why I said rehab is a motherfucker, because it was amazing to me to see you know, to see him up and moving around and, you know, you know, and, you know, maybe not ready to run any races, but, you know, but like I say, back at church, you know, normally after church, you know, everybody would get together and go to lunch and, you know, and to see him kind of back in, in some semblance of a normal routine was kind of amazing. And, uh, so, uh, I want to give a, uh, a loving shout out to the anonymous female's father and uh, and to all of those people that work rehab um, for a living. Um, you don't know how much you're really truly um, af affecting lives past the point of you know what the what the surgeons and the nurses can do for you you know I think a lot of people think you know if you didn't get a medical degree or you didn't um, you know get your you know your RN or whatever that you know you, you just kind of work at the hospital but you know I've I remember when <clears throat> um, I had a serious back issue and I had to go through rehab and um, and just having that person that was going to be dedicated to you, working you through your issue, you know. Um, you know, I don't know, honestly, physically where I would be even, you know, if uh, if I had not had that person, uh, in, you know, in my life at that time. And so, um, 
I just want to give a, a shout out to, to to the people who work in the in the rehabilitation field and um, and say that you know if nobody out there is telling you that the things that you do are amazing and important, uh, they are. The, the off party crew is telling you they're amazing and they're important, and we salute you. I'm going to have a quick shout out. Sure. Because, yes, they are amazing. I call them physical terrorists. True. However, <laughs> when you rehab out there in podcast land, and I've rehabbed six different major injuries. Six different? Six different major injuries. And you have to become a warrior. That's the only thing that can be in your head is that I am a warrior. And I am going to conquer and I will not be defeated. It's a mindset. Yeah. So, uh, you, you, you get gear before you even go in and have your surgeries or if you've been injured, right. you have your little pity party if you've been injured and you go, okay, yeah. I'm after it, don't get in my way, let's go. One Conquer thing. the pain, let's get it done. That's a, uh, and that's, and that's, that's, that's how you rehab. Yeah. You, 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 it's a, if you go in with a bad mindset and poor me, poor me, pity party, you're doomed. Yeah. Out, of, out of curiosity, you, since you're saying you've rehabbed from six different injuries, uh, if you can share with uh, Podcast Land uh, how, me, sorry. How, much, uh, how much swimming you do every day. Uh, I don't swim every day. I swim three to four times a week. Um, today I did uh, 27.50. Meters hmm. in 58 minutes. 2750 meters. 27 meters, almost 20. Well, I think I did 28. My watch doesn't always record it right, but I think I did 2800 meters, which is basically two miles in a little less than an hour. But this is what keeps my old body, which is beat up. I can't run. <laughs> I look like a train wreck about to happen. <laughs> you know, I don't need to be lifting weights because I got knee replacements and, and Parts in all of my knees and my shoulders are gone and everything else. My wrists are broken, et cetera, et cetera. All I got one eye and all I'm gone. But you know, you're I'm, a catch, man. I'm a catch, you know. I, uh, I've never backed off of much in my life. I tend to run out of full board every once in a while. There's a consequence for running at things. Swimming is the best exercise for you, anyway. But it is, it is tremendous uh, in many ways. And as you get older, it's something a lot of people in podcast land should really consider because. It works on your lungs, it works on your breathing. Don't wait you, till you're older. And you get in that water and, and you're free. Mm-hmm. That's the best thing I can say about it. I, I get in that pool. Today is a bright, sunny day. The water's cool because we've had an unbelievable August here in Kansas City. It's yeah. Phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, it's it's just, I can't explain it any better. It's just, it, it, it's almost a religion in a way. And it has done me very, very well. I've been swimming for over 10 years with Masters Group. I was 260 pounds and out of shape when I got in. I jumped in the pool, knocked two little kids out the other end. And uh, <laughs> so, you know, they never thought I'd make it. But uh, once again, it's kind of like a rehab. You become a warrior and you become determined and you get it done. All right. That's a good attitude. There you go. Right. And with that, I think I'm going to end this podcast in a way and all podcasts. <laughs> And that is with the toast that started it all for me. And that is the good times with good people.